Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Plant Services Tool Belt Podcast. I'm Tom Welk, the Chief Editor of Plant Services and your host for today's podcast. And today we have a very special guest with us. It's Jose Rivera, the CEO of the Control System Integrator Association. Jose, welcome. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Nice talking to you, and thank you for having me on your podcast. Well, and this is a great follow-up to our meeting last year at the Rockwell Automation Fair event of 2021. You and I had the chance for the first time in a couple of years to get together in person and talk shop and, and just catch up. Yes, that's true. I remember it was my first business flight since the start of the pandemic. It was also very interesting to see how trade shows were coming back to life. This was my second uh, trade show. I had been to Fabtech in Chicago just a few months prior, but it was great to catch up with people in person. Uh, this is part of our community and um, it was great catching up with you, Tom. It had been a long time and I remember comparing notes about how we handled the pandemic personally and at home. Yeah, and, and meeting in our usual Starbucks down there near the George R. Brown Center in Houston and uh, relaxing. Yeah, well, it feels like this year, finally, we're on the cusp of a lot of professional events getting back into their regular cycle, especially in May and June. And for those listening, we're here to talk about one in particular. It's the CSIA Executive Conference that's going to be held this year in Denver, Colorado, from June 27th through June 30th. Um, yeah, Jose, this year's theme is the future of work, and that's a topic which a lot of CSIA members have written about and shared information with, with through plant services. We often get contributors from the CSIA members um, writing articles and column length pieces for us. Could you give us uh, a preview of the event? Maybe start with talking about why the theme of the future of work was the theme that was chosen. Sure. And, and for us, you know, selecting the future of work as a theme came very natural because we have been going through a dramatic global transformation over a relatively short period of time. And it goes well beyond system integrators and the automation communities. And we're not done yet. Right. And so how do you put all these things together and distill it down and, and support it through a conference? And that's that's what I think we we were trying to, or are trying to do. So we have supported this theme with three tracks. So the first one is the people or the who. And in our case, it is about the talent that works for the system integrators and the one that they want to attract. This has always been a challenge for system integrators and their great resignation combined with a search in demand for system integrator services has made this worse. System integrators are being very creative in the way they are addressing this. And I'm sure that will end up with New forms of working engagements, you know, this, this will be to be discovered. Then the second track is about the where or where work takes place. And it's not just about the office versus home. It is about the redefinition of what the workplace, thus the office, is supposed to provide. You know, at the start of the pandemic, when people were making remote work viable, some gained a better appreciation of the workplace, but in a redefined way. So everybody's now trying to come up with what does hybrid work mean? And everybody's coming with their unique solutions, which is perfect. We at CSIA conducted a survey a year ago, and we asked about, you know, like where you see yourself working. 
And it was very interesting to see how the younger generations were the ones who wanted to go back, back to the office. Mm, to me, that was counterintuitive. Yes, because these are the generations that are very comfortable working uh, remotely and all these different things, but they need the social element, they need the mentoring. And the best way of doing that is by being in the office, maybe not every single day, but you know, a certain number of days. And what the other thing that I would say about the work taking place um, is that system integrators were, had to figure out how to deliver some of the work remotely. So some system integrators had SATs, which stands for Site Acceptance Testing, um, to deliver their projects and complete them. But several manufacturers or many manufacturers were not allowing non-employees to their sites. So how do you complete your project? So they had to find their workaround, but also develop tools that allowed them to deploy their solutions without having to touch um, their feet on the manufacturer side. And the last track is about the deliverables by the system integrator, so the what. Mm -hmm. It's the scope of work that system integrators have been pro providing. It has been growing over the years, right? So uh, 20 years ago, all system integrators were doing was PLC programming and the control panel assembly. And today the diversity is so big that there are some system integrators that don't touch the hardware. They're just working at the software level, MES, et cetera. And um, it's fascinating, you know, to see that diversity. And I think that now with this pandemic, and, and digital transformation also, the role of the system integrator as a consultant, you know, and coming in earlier in the projects is going to be um, a growing trend. That's something I completely agree with, Jose. And I think we touched on it last year when we spoke in Houston. There's a, a, a definite trend towards maintenance and reliability teams, uh, the, the primary audience for plant services. Um, they're having trouble backfilling old positions, positions that have, where they've had retirements. And so at the moment, at least, they're partnering out a lot more often, uh, either with OEMs or OEMs and their partners, which would include the integrator community. Um, and to get what these teams need to get done at work, it is going to take a lot more collaboration earlier in the project. You simply can't bolt on uh, the integration aspect. It's, it's got to be thought through uh, at the point of de defining project goals. Yes, yes, yes. And you know that some of these manufacturing sites are in remote locations. And if you're trying to attract um, talent, young talent, you know, normally younger people want to live in the more urban areas, right? And so how can you attract um, these resources? So if we talk, let's say, remote work, you know, and now you allow this individual to work a certain number of days remotely, that, I think, increases the probability of you being able to attract these resources. But one thing that I will say about, you know, the maintenance, the reliability and the operation workers, I mean, when they went through the pandemic, I mean, a lot of them didn't have the option of working remotely. Right. True. So so these were positions that demanded that you be there and they required a lot of sacrifice from from these workers. Right. So they had to deal not just with great resignation, but they also had to deal with co-workers who got sick and now suddenly had to quarantine. So reduce staff. Then there were all these concerns about, um, you know, spread, in particular at the very beginning of the pandemic, spread of, of the virus. And so what can be done, et cetera. And so what, what I have heard is that from the manufacturer side, in the past, a lot of the projects were justified just from a financial perspective. 
Mm-hmm. And now, you know, resiliency is one of uh, the elements of the equation. And because we have the great resignation tool, what you're then having are many more projects that are driving a lot of the system integrator business that try to reduce the worker concentration on the manufacturing floor and help deal with this um, um, great resignation problem. And I think that this is creating opportunities within your audience because they can become like the experts in these new tools. They can become like the go-to resources for them such that the work of the reduced set of people that are in the, in the factory becomes much more efficient, right? So if, for example, you're deploying this predictive maintenance type of tools, right? So then when you're scheduling your maintenance, your shutdowns, it's not unscheduled. It is one where you have programmed. And in these days where, you know, like worker availability, et cetera, is is limited, right? So you don't want to mess it up. You don't want to be the one that suddenly has workers sitting because this machine broke down. You want that to be a scheduled shutdown, right? So more than ever, these these tools that are predictive and not reactive are are the thing of the future. And these tools have existed. I think the pandemic is now providing impetus for them to be deployed uh, more widely. Yeah, that's an interesting way to map out some of the ways that work will be changing also for maintenance and reliability uh, workers while acknowledging, as you said, the fact that a lot of these workers, including the operators, simply did not have a choice on whether or not to show up. I can remember two years ago when all this started, I was talking to technicians who were infrared experts and they were being asked to take their infrared cameras and not point them at the machine so much, but stand at the front gate and point them at people's foreheads on the way in to check and see if they were showing symptoms of the, of the virus. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's about being flexible, right? Right. Right. And that's two years on. I think there are a lot of plants that have sort of cracked the code on how to deal with uh, new technologies at the gate where you wouldn't have a person standing there with the camera. Um, We still do hear uh, people wrestling with issues of planning and scheduling the work because of the challenge of not knowing if someone will be quarantined, say, for one week or two weeks due to the virus. Um, And as you say, the virus is a lot less of a stigma as it used to be, but it's still a fact of life. So that efficiency is key for these workers. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you referenced uh, uh, the kind of projects that our audiences have been working on and that they work with the integrator community on, specifically remote monitoring systems and networks to help people either monitor their systems from home, monitor the condition of their assets from home, or at least a remote location. Um, now that we're learning more each day how to live with and manage the virus, do you see these projects continuing? Or do you also see the projects diversifying a little bit from from how to keep people away from the um, plant to to different projects which will involve being more on site at the plant again? No, I think think this trend will not only continue, I think it will accelerate. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is the deployment of remote monitoring systems and networks because this increases um, you know, resiliency for the plant. And what we're going through right now, it's a crazy world. And we we were talking about the pandemic, but we have not mentioned the invasion of um, Ukraine by Russia, right? And this has increased so much. Uh, it has introduced so much uncertainty uh, in our world and the need for flexibility and resiliency, right? So, 
So we're not done with the pandemic and we now have all these implications of, of this war. And so I think that if you're a manufacturer and you can increase your resiliency and your plan by deploying the systems that have been around, you're going to go for it. Yeah, and that's not only is, has a supply chain situation not been overcome yet, but as you say, the, the invasion of Ukraine uh, by Russia is now complicating uh, energy policies and energy plans. Uh, and I think plant teams are going to need a lot more integration work and more and more data to understand how do you, exactly, exactly as you said, how do you adjust to these changing conditions? How, how do you become more resilient? Yes, and you know, this is like why everybody's still so tired from, from all this changing around, you know, because in the past, you know, things were a little more predictable, right? And so we were able to deploy things like just-in-time inventories or like elimination of inventories through just-in-time and lean initiatives. And all of that was great because it reduced cost. Now that has been put that question has been turned around, right? And, and maybe now having a little bit of extra inventory, as long as it's the right one, it's an advantage, right? So, so it's, it's, it has had a lot of impact uh, that what we have going through right now um, in our world. Yeah, and it sounds like the executive conference is going to cover all those uh, different aspects uh, of current events quite thoroughly and, and, and help integrators understand the challenges they're about to navigate. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, back to, to, to the big challenges, you know, like supply chain, huge challenge. It remains um, in the, in the case of the automotive industry, Ukraine was a supplier of some components. And so even at that level, you know, you've had that, mm -hmm. but the uh, automotive has been forced to shut down some plants because of the lack of micro key microelectronics. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so that was unrelated to this war, but it's like of the type of supply chain disruptions. And I think this will continue and um, we will have to be flexible. Flexible is going to be um, a very key term. The other thing that I think are part of the big issues impacting our industry landscape today are inflation. So, mm. you know, if, if you um, are living through inflation now, um, you have not lived through those in decades. And a lot of people don't know how to deal with it, don't know how to manage it, which is very different if you come from an uh, emerging economy, you know, where high inflation is the normal environment and folks there have figured out a way to do it. And, and mm -hmm. that will be another challenge for, for us as a mature economy. Mm -hmm. Great resignation, we talked about that. That is a biggie one. Mm -hmm. And these are three immediate big issues. There are all these ones in the background that are the ones that have not gone away. These are much longer trends like um, addressing climate change, addressing overpopulation, all these different things, you know, they're still on the table, right? So, so it's, um, it's going to be a challenging few set of years ahead of us. Well, that's one of the best uh, aspects, I think, of the CSA Executive Conference is that it's as much of a business meeting as it is a technology meeting. Um, and where at the conference I was able to attend, there was a lot of discussion on how do you manage a business in an age of so many challenges? Absolutely true. And, you know, like uh, we try to bring it down to the realities of the system integrator. And so, for example, on the topic of inflation, because this has been going on, 
exactly at the time when I was at the Rockwell Automation Fair. I came in one day late because mm -hmm. I was the host of one of our virtual events. Mm -hmm. And we have one law firm that advises uh, our members, and they were providing some very practical advice about what to include in their terms and conditions and how to deal with this topic of inflation. Because today, if you're a system integrator and you buy some components, the price is actually the price that you, you end up paying when the product arrives. And that is totally out of your control. Hmm. So these are things that are dramatic. And so, you know, we try to provide um, advice to our members to try to cope with this situation and very specific to their businesses. And, and the other thing that I would say about the conference, it's great that you have been at so many of our events, but a lot of our system integrators are very happy to share because mm. we have this, this saying okay, that, yeah, you know, share one idea and take 10 good ideas with you. You know, that is sort of like one of our slogans for the conference. And they, I've seen that in action over the seven years that I've been with CSIA. So it's, it's totally true that this takes place. And um, when you are a system integrator, you value the input from other peers um, and, and you deploy in, in your company when you get back to, to work. Well, and for those of you who are listening to, to this podcast, uh, that's a very important point, which is that, again, if your immediate team doesn't have the knowledge or is unfamiliar with uh, contracting language to understand what some of the uh, requirements are to get projects done, uh, lean toward a CSIA member to, for your integration needs, because this is the team that's going to have the knowledge and the language and the, and the dexterity to help you uh, as you move through these, these partnerships. Um, yeah, Jose, thank you so much for being here today. One last word about the conference. It's going to take place on June 27th through 30th in Denver, Colorado. And Jose, do I have the website right? Uh, people can go to www.controlsys.org to find out more information. Yes, at the banner, um, we have a direct link to the conference. And yes, it's going to be in beautiful Colorado. I was there just um, a few weeks ago, and it's beautiful. Can't wait for it. All right. Thank you. Great talking to you. Great talking to you. Thanks again for being here today.